You're listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author Sarah Box, where you get the inside scoop on the steps action takers and decision makers take to align their purpose to their principles and achieve their goals in business and life. And now, without further ado, please welcome your commanding coach with plenty of chutzpah and heart, Sarah Box. Hi there, and thank you so much for downloading this episode of the No Labels, No Limits podcast, a podcast all about shedding our limiting labels and beliefs so we can lead fulfilling, meaningful, and purpose-filled lives. Because like I always say, I believe we are each capable of more than we can imagine, especially when we live without labels and limits to ourselves and to those around us. So I hope that you enjoyed last week's interview with um, my co-host Ken Fay. Actually, I was the person who was being interviewed. It was insightful for me to have the questions I typically ask others posed to me. But we decided to break it into two parts. So as we left the last interview, Ken was talking to me about what I'd learned and how I, um, where I go for feedback. And I was talking about my office manager and colleague, who is a super um, smart and tactical person, and who really helps keep me focused as we're going forward to create what we do with the business. But as we rejoin Ken, he's shifting the direction a bit. So I hope that you enjoy this episode of the No Labels, No Limits podcast. And with that, I'm going to rejoin and turn the helm back over to Ken. So here we are in a year like no other year, right? I mean, the, the challenges, the difficulties of this year have been tremendous for so many folks. How would you put that forward into a year that we've just had? Looking back and review on the year you've had in 2020 and those that are struggling through it, you know, how, how, do you, how does that reflect for you looking back in, in past now? Um, a couple of ways. First of all, I think that because of the work I do and some of the things that I'd kind of put in play the year before out of luck or just planning or whatever, um, I think I've had some opportunities to see things differently. Also, even though we've had family members affected by COVID and frontline workers, our family hasn't had any huge tragic losses as so many have. We haven't lost a business. Um, We have people who are like right on super high risk um, and people who've had COVID and have come out. So I think for me, I take that and recognize a couple things that what has become important for people really is much more personal. And this whole thing about, you know, hiring people and wanting them to do a task or only play a role um, isn't going to fly anymore because we work with people, we're family. Like it or lump it, Ken, you're my brother. <laughs> so, but true. But I do take that, and I joke about that, but I take that very seriously as I work with clients. So how it affects me and personally for me working forward is I'm not taking on more than I can care for. I'm not taking on more than I can ask my team to help me with without pushing them away from what matters to them in their lives. And I'm taking time to try and learn more and more about that. I do think the world of work is shifted and this whole, a year like we've never had before, um, it's true. We haven't had years like this, but we have our 
the world has gone through things like this before. So when I think about, um, and I listen to words, I listen a lot to words. And um, what we say when people say this is unprecedented, I'm thinking, okay, it's clearly we need to go back and look at history. There have been plagues. There have been things that have wiped out humanity. We may not have had all the technology and all the things we have today. We have certainly had all kinds of things wipe out cultures and populations. So that's not a true statement. Things like this have happened before. Um, they just haven't happened in our lifetime. And it did make me think, you know, my mom was born in 1918. She was born during the Spanish flu. Then she lived with her parents through the depression. And the one takeaway that I remember, she says, I will not eat stewed tomatoes. And I go, what's wrong with them? And she goes, oh, we ate a ton of stewed tomatoes during the depression. I'm sorry, I'll cook with tomatoes, but I won't eat them. And it just stuck in my head. But that was really the only thing. She never talked about how terrible things were. And, I'm, and I think about that, I'm going, she didn't escape it. So there's this kind of resiliency. And I do think we can tap into that. And, I've, and I actually know there are a lot of folks who are digging deep and taking this time to work on their own inner self, their spiritual self, what matters to them so that when things start to level out, and they will, you know, it might not be next year. I don't know. I don't, I can't foresee all of that. I hope it's sooner than later, but we have a choice. Most of us are lucky enough to have a choice. Not all of us do, but for those of us who do, we have a choice about what we put back in our lives and the lives we rebuild. And I'm really being intentional about that. And I'm encouraging the people I work with to be intentional also, because now is an opportunity to keep margin in our life so that when things change, we are not surprised. We have um, a foundation under us. We have relationships around us and resources. And I think that may be in a longer answer than you want, Ken. But no, it's okay. you want to talk about the more we can do it in the next episode. Yeah, that's fantastic. No, that's, you know, I really, truly said, absolutely. I totally agree with you on all those points. And, you know, you know, the next year is going to be different, but so is every year has been different, right? And it's just a matter of where we pull our strength from. So with that, I'd like to ask you, where do you pull your strength from? What, what books are you reading? What mentors do you have? Where do you pull your inspirations from? I really... It I really think about that question a lot because I get asked, you know, how can you be positive about this? Or that's a weird thing to say. And I'm thinking, well, part of it is I learned it from my mom early, right? Like I would think the world was over and she goes, honey, there will be another bus along. And I, well, you know, when you're a kid in the world, you're in tragic, you know, <laughs> you, know you love this guy here in fifth grade and you're not, you're invisible. And it'll be okay. I trust me on this. It'll be okay. And it was, or another way of looking at things. Those things I remember. And I remember that I, I can tell you that I had some kind of crazy ideas that I think I should do things. I never heard from my mom or my dad um, that I can recall. And I may have heard it and just thought, well, clearly they weren't talking to me. Um, and I had mentors who did this as well, that I would say I wanted to do something. Nobody said you can't or you're less than, or you're not ready. They basically ask the next question is, so what do you, what do you need to do? And they put it back on me. So those things um, I keep with me and I have mentors that I turn to. I have a coach, I've got a couple um, and I continually learn. 
So that part keeps me fueled up. And I try to find people, and this was advice I got from um, the, my um, mentor and boss when I was working at, at, for Safeway Corporation. And he says, I said, well, because I was wondering, why would you want to train me to know everything you know? And he says, here's the trick in life. He goes, first of all, only surround yourself with people who are smarter than you. Because otherwise, you're not going to go anywhere. He said, don't be afraid of it. Pick people who are smarter than you let them know it and let them do what they do. And I thought, okay, I'm not sure I've ever heard that before, but I actually took it to heart. And I thought, that's great. So when someone says, well, that's the smartest person in the room, I'm thinking too bad for them, right? They, They shouldn't know that if they are, they should be looking for people smarter than them. So anyway, those are kind of the things that keep me motivated. I do, you know, I will try to read and learn things that are outside of what, you know, like people say, well, you might want to read this. One of the books I read recently, I never would have known of this author or this person because I had a, I had a particular thought pattern and my husband would go, you should really check this guy out. I'm going, "Mm -mm, I don't care. (laughs) It's political. He's political. I don't want to deal with it. My husband follows all that stuff. I am helping nonprofits. And so finally, one day he's reading, he goes, this guy's good. He doesn't tell me what he's talking about. And I said, okay, I'll listen. Well, he was really good. I had labeled this guy without knowing a thing about him. So he has written a book called It Couldn't Hurt to Ask, but it's about his, how he asks questions and different kinds of questions. And he's a, um, a DA, he was a DA. He ended up being a senator. He didn't like the politics. He's no longer that. Um, but he is amazing in terms of how he thinks about his questions, why he asks them. Um, and he talks about the difference between um, like leading questions and questions where you actually don't wanna know the answer. You're just asking someone so that you can make your point. And, and I just think about, I try to read people that I don't necessarily agree with. I use the word read euphemistically because I listen. I'm on audiobooks all the time. And I listen to podcasts that are a little outside of what I would have thought that I would listen to. And then I just all of a sudden go, wow, we are so similar, even when our labels tell us we might be different. So, which is fascinating because I've interviewed a bunch of people myself and I feel the same way. You know, it's amazing the similarities we share because we all have that human connection, right? We all have this human heart that beats in our chest. And, you know, you try to come up and, and see what's similar, what's dissimilar. And, and you really find that you're, you're closer than not. Um, with that thinking, you know, you've interviewed a bunch of people. I mean, hundreds, right? You've interviewed tons of people. With that, what are those, def- those things that define what no labels, no limits are? And everyone you speak to, what stops them from getting stuck? Or what stops you from getting stuck? Well, usually, um, I will. So, first of all, I'll answer the first part about the folks I've interviewed. I think for the majority, they reached a point where all of a sudden there was a disconnect between who they felt they were in their heart and the life they were living. Sometimes they knew that intrinsically as a kid, they knew somehow they were off. Um, a couple of them learned it because they were in really life-threatening situations like abuse or violence, and they made a different choice. And that then they set down a really hard path of cleaning up things around them so they could have what they wanted. There was a turning point of some sort. Um, but then other folks 
you know, they went down like a more traditional path and they got dotted all their I's and crossed their T's and then woke up one day and went, uh-uh, I can't, I can't do this. And then they did the whole thing of like, going, okay, I invested all this time and energy. Oh, well, you know, and then, and that's not easy to let go of something, you know, you go through four or six years of college or even longer. And you go, I do not want to be this person. And then you change it. So I would say that one of the things that all of them have is they reached a point, some sooner than others, where they just said, it is no longer worth it to stay where I am. The other thing is once they got going, even when they got stuck, they would get help and keep going. They never um, gave up. And that is really, you know, it's really easy to do. And, you know, I sit on a lot of calls in groups um, where some of them I'm a student, but that's a common theme. It's like, there's a lot of bolstering of one another to say, hey, you are so close to the turn. Don't stop. Keep going. Don't stop. You could just be one conversation away. You won't know, and you never know if you stop. And that really is the, um, the one thing. None of them stopped. They kept going. Because obviously, if they'd stopped, I'd never know about them. So I wouldn't have been interviewing them. It's so I inspiring. Think that, and they have heart, you know. And all of us, myself included on the interviews, recognize we are flawed. We are none of us perfect. Um, so, um, but there is kind of a funness, you know, about going, oh, well, let's, let's do this. It's an inspiration, isn't it? I find that to be the case too with people. People are inspiring, you know? And Absolutely. People find, they, sometimes people don't think they have a voice or a story to tell, oh, my goodness. And then you just pull it from them and there you are. Yeah, it's inspiring. It well, when people talk, you know, there's so much... Um, People are disheartened, let me say today, mm. without going down a tangent. And, and we'll often say, well, this is so terrible and this is blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, you know what? You're looking in the wrong place because I talk to people all day long. That is not true. Yes. Are they concerned? Absolutely. But they're doing something about it and they're lifting themselves and they're lifting other people up emotionally, spiritually or literally, right? There's so much good in the world and it's just too easy to buy the quote unquote bad press about it. And it takes discipline. It honestly can. It takes discipline to say, sorry, not listening. Sorry, I'm not having, you don't even have to say it out loud. You just have to tune it out in your head and say, I have enough information on the negative. I'm mining for the gold and the positive right now. Cause the more of that we can carry we won't run out of what it takes to keep our own tanks fueled. You have to be careful what you see and what you listen to and how you discern it. You know, yep. the world is loud, right? It's um, so super loud. Looking into the future with all that in the background, what is a long dream that you have? What is your, what is your run? Are you looking at retiring anytime soon? Are you looking to hang it up? Or are My you husband would love you for that question. Are well, you going <laughs> to retire, right? And I said, no. You told me one day you would retire. I said, I might've been mistaken. <laughs> I will. I'm actually, I'm changing my life up in terms of how I work, where I work. Right. But I have a longer term goal of being like, and I joked with someone about this once I said, I'm going to be the best 85 year old podcaster there is. And this guy says to me, he goes, I don't know why you're stopping at 85. What's wrong with 102. And I went, good one. Okay. That'll do. Um, so I have a lot to do to reach that mark. Um, 
but I am my goal. And this is, this is where, this is how things resurface in your life, right? I have always wanted to have an art and creation studio. So think Ken of some of our conversations. Yeah. So when I first started thinking of that, and I think I was at a retreat and I was doing some meditation or something, and I'm thinking, what, what am I trying to encapsulate in my thinking here? Because it's so much thought. And I thought it's really an art and creation studio. So I took the words literally and thinking it was a physical place, right? And and I actually had I have drawings of what it would look like, right? From aerial drawings. This is what it would look like because I didn't care what the inside, I would hire an interior designer to fix the inside. I knew what the layout needed to look like. And then I would share it with a couple of people and they would go, oh yeah, and we could do this. I'm thinking, no, see, they, now it's just moved into like, we're going to manage all this stuff. That's not quite right. It's, I mean, it was, it was a good idea, but it wasn't quite what I was going after. So then I realized that the art and creation studio is a virtual place. It may also end up being a physical place, but it really is the space in which, you know, I can teach or offer the art of something in mm -hmm. collaboration and co-creation with others. So that, because honestly, the most fun I have is in doing things, you know, as partners on something um, like this is fun or are the workshop we just taught was fun. And co so co-creating together is like so fun for me. So I'm going to be doing more of that. I actually, the two projects I accepted for this year, the big projects, I'm partnering with my client in a co-creation way because I get to be my boss. I get to offer them, hey, what if we did it this way? And it would provide sustainability and internal growth for your organization. So um, that's my future. I'm going to co-create. I'm going to be able to step back and, and build a team around me who... Um, can add even way more customer experience than I can. And I use the term customer loosely um, because customer, colleagues, clients, whatever, the people who we get to interact with. Um, so I have that, which doesn't look anything like retiring. And yet at the same time, I've blocked off weeks this year. I mean, I've gone years without taking any breaks at all. I've got seven to eight weeks blocked off my calendar that are not work weeks. And um, I will definitely be traveling those weeks. I'll probably do the podcast remote, maybe not. Um, but that is as close to retirement as I'm getting because I'll be traveling and I'll be remote and I'll be in an RV with my husband and the dog. Um, and then I'll be creating. I'll be on the road creating and coming back and, and bringing what I learned to other people. And so interviewing and growing and all that. So that's a, that's a big old picture. It's not a one year done. It's not a one year get it all done thing, but it's a longer view. It's a lifetime mindset. That is a it lifetime is. mindset. Yep. As, a, as, a, as an artist and creative, I, it resonates really loud for me too. I mean, I don't think I could ever stop. I don't think I could ever stop visioning and, and writing and directing. It's just this, it's in you, right? That energy of creativity is just sparks. It is. And you know what? It's so fun. It's just fun. You know, and yeah. I think, well, what the heck would I do otherwise? You know, so, you know, I just, the whole concept of retiring, I've always thought, well, I don't, I don't know what that would look like. And I know what I can envision this, right? I can envision meeting brand new people, coming up with ideas. I don't know what it would look like, actually. I just can envision new experiences. I did not know who you were. And here you are. Right. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I want. I love that stuff. So, so with that, um, what kind of advice would you give yourself? 
All right, so we can get into the tiny little time machine. You can jump back to the age 30. What would you say to your age 30 self? And then what would you say, you know, what would you say to your young, young self? Okay, so 30 was not a good year for me. So, and I'll tell you oh. why. Because actually 30 was a good year. 29 was hard. And it, because I was going through a lot of change, right? I had moved. I mean, I did, I was in the midst of doing my wallpapering business. You know, just a ton of security stuff had shifted. And I would tell that person to just don't doubt, right? I mean, I had a lot of uphill challenges. I had friends that were really struggling that I was um, powerless to help other than to be a good friend. Um, and, you know, there's those doubts that I don't know the way forward because I was, of course, setting out on things that I didn't have a precedent for. There was nothing mm -hmm. I could fall back on. Um, so I would tell that person, just stay true to who you are. It will all work out. It always does because it has and it does. To the younger part of me, when I was 18, I think, I took myself away to a um, ceramics kind of intensive all summer long program. Didn't know anybody up, up Northern California. It was totally cool. And, um, but really remote. So I'm not in con contact with my family or anything. And it was kind of scary for me, not dangerous, scary, but just uncomfortable. And I remember this one gal who was, I thought, really older than me, probably in her late 20s, um, came and asked me my thought about something. And she said, I don't, where do you get this stuff? It's so wise. And I knew at that time, I knew what I was talking about because it was coming from my heart, Ken. And then, and listening and my heart, when I say my heart, not just because I know it, but because I can feel it from something outside of myself. Um, but then when I got into like the corporate and get it done and earn more and get busier and all this stuff, it was really easy to tune that out. So I would remind that 18 year old girl, woman, um, don't lose it. Listen to it, trust it, act on it. You will never be sorry. Um, now that doesn't mean you're not going to have bumps and bruises because you will. I did. Um, but you will be happy if you do that. And the chance of losing yourself is so much less when you say connected to your heart and your source. Now, this is a question that most people don't ask in this regard is we're going to get back in that time machine. We're going to go to the future. And I want to say, I want you to talk to your 102 year old self who's got the art creation space set up, who's, who's had a life in that RV, who's still going strong. What will you say to your future self if you could ever meet up? Well, I'd say it's been a wild ride, babe. Thanks for hanging <laughs> in there and not closing your mind to new ideas from people you never thought you'd meet. Um, and for trying even when you're scared. Outstanding. Outstanding. This is, thank you so much. This has been great to speak with you on all these things. There's a lot going on there. I know there's a lot more to yet to talk about, but I just want to say thank you for letting me do this for you. Well, it's a real gift. You're so fun. So, and I like to have fun. So to folks who knew me when I was younger, like in my late twenties and thirties, when I was always really serious, it's true. I like to have fun. And I finally just decided that's my rule. If I can't have fun, I might want to rethink what we're doing here. So anyway, so that's it, right, Ken? Yep. So yep. we're going to wrap up this episode. 
Yep. Unless there's one more question for you. Is there anything that I did not ask you about you that you want people to know? I want the dirt now. We all want the skinny. We want that. You know, I'd love to tell you as an introvert, I don't think anything's coming to me off the top of my head. Um, All right. But we'll put our heads together and think about it. Ken, first, let me just say you're a natural at this. So how fun to be interviewed by you and to get to hang out with you. Um, but to everybody listening, I'm, I really have two favors to ask. One is, if you would, if you like this episode, um, if you would go out and rate and review it wherever you listen to it, that's really helpful because it helps us get noticed by more people who need the information, need the inspiration and the connection so that they can kind of bust free from limiting labels and beliefs. So give us a rating and review. Better yet, click the share button on wherever you're listening and share it with others. That would be super great. And then um, give Ken a thumbs up, you know, type in the comments, email us, let us know what you think about this. All right. With that, that is it for this episode of No Labels, No Limits. And we'll talk to you in the next episode. You've been listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author, change agent and strategic vision coach, Sarah Box. You can grab the show notes and find out how to work with Sarah at sarahbox.com forward slash no labels, no limits podcast. We'd love this podcast to reach as many people as possible. So please remember to rate, leave a five-star review and share the podcast with someone you think would get value from this conversation. Until next time, keep taking those daily action steps to align your purpose to your principles and achieve your goals in business and life.